The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Perfect. All right. So, what episode number is this? Made in Chafford podcast episode fifty-eight. <laughs> we back. We back in the building. We back. Yo, love to see it. Mm-hmm. We have a guest this time. When was the last time we had? It feels like a while since we had a guest, but I guess maybe I'm wrong. Special occasions um, only, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Special <laughs> occasions only. Let the guests introduce themselves. I mean, not as oh, I've already introduced myself. I'm not gonna mess it up. <laughs> More time, <laughs> man. <laughs> and I mean, introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are. What, you, like, I know who you are, but obviously, tell them just in case they don't know. Okay, hi guys. Um, I am Amina, and I'm a social media content creator. Um, mm. I'm a and I do other things as well, but yeah, that's basically what I do. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> love it. So, like I was saying before we started, I was just so happy we was able to get this episode patterned. And I'm honestly grateful to you for coming on. Um, boys, introduce yourself as well. Cool, uh, Nusi in the building in the cut, as per usual. What's, what's the AKAs? Are we not letting them fly? I got a, I got a big four L, aka. <laughs> actually, no, big big two L actually, because obviously the two Ls in the Collins, in it. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, that's all I got so far. I need to work on my AKAs, my aliases. Got, got. That's, that's my alias. <laughs> that's really new. That's really new. Um, go on, it's, yeah. not it's not enough. It's not enough. It's it's E man. Big two um, Ls. I'm I'm here. I only have one L. One L in the in the name. But you know, players mess up. Other than that, man, players, I mean, players mess up. Yeah, man. Yeah, everything good, man. Love that. Uh, and I'm I'm Demi, aka Two Dems, aka the real is back. The real is back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I just wanted to start off by speaking to Amina about her YouTube career, and she's been she's an OG in this YouTube game. Like her channel was what nearly it's been around for a long time um that's how i found her anyway so when we were able to get this sorted i was like really ecstatic um i mean just talk us through like your success and career on youtube and obviously like even people have watched you grow because even you interact a lot with your daughter on there 
Like, it's a real insight into your life. Yeah, no, it's so weird. Like, when I, when you guys sent me an email about the topics we're going to talk about in the podcast, and um, the first bullet point said YouTube career, I literally, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I literally thought, what YouTube career? So I was thinking, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I actually don't see myself as a YouTuber, mm. per se. I kind of just see it as I just make random videos and then I put it on YouTube and people tend to enjoy it. Sometimes it gets views, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't really see myself as a YouTuber because I always kind of, I started making videos on YouTube because of just wanting to share things that I was interested in and things that I liked. Mm. Um, I didn't really understand what the YouTube, YouTube world was or see it as a career in a sense. I know a lot of people who, I would say are YouTubers because they genuinely see themselves um, as a YouTuber. This is their career. This is what they do. They does this. Um, mm. Whereas for me, it was, it's always been, and it kind of still is just, I just make random videos when I feel like it and I put it up on YouTube and somehow I get subscribers. <laughs> somehow I get on some of the, on some of the videos. Um, but I've never taken it like very seriously. I don't know if that's something that I want to change or if it's something that might change later on down the line. But um, I, I literally just started making videos because I wanted to kind of share random things about stuff that I was interested mm. in or stuff that I liked. Um, so that's my, my vlogging camera making <laughs> <laughs> I'm vlogging at the moment. But um, yeah, so... I kind of just wanted to do it just for the sake of just having a platform to put these random videos. And then I decided to, I mean, what, what kind of kicked off my channel was when I one day, again, just randomly decided to share the story of how I told my Nigerian mum that I was pregnant at 17. Mm. And that video was so random. Like I, it wasn't pre-planned or anything. Um, and I remember I started telling the story and then I realized that my daughter was in the background, like in the same room, but on my bed, she was like lying on my bed. I don't know what she was doing. And as I was telling the story, I was like, wait, do you, do you want to be here for this? Like I have to turn back and I've been in the room. And yeah. then she's like, yeah, I actually want to hear this. Like, how, how did you meet my, my dad? Like, how did this actually happen? And then she was in the background saying, oh, let me go get some snacks. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I ended up filming the video and I put it up and it literally got so many views and then people were like mm. sharing it and all this kind of stuff I was thinking wow this video is really blowing up like I didn't understand why it was blowing up so much but um people just tend to, um people just like the fact that you know I was just so it was just so random and just the way that my daughter reacted to me telling the story was just like wait is that your daughter there in the background like mm. she's like interested to hear the story as it's, well it's real life stuff that's what people want to see is that as well but that's so crazy to to just think that oh it's just something that you do on the side in the sense that it's not it's what would you say is your main goal like what's because obviously you're pretty big on instagram as well there's no secret there with 80 plus thousand followers i can't even imagine having that many followers like that's insane to me and then also pretty successful on twitter so what's your what is your main goal plus the success you have on 
uh, YouTube as well? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just me sharing what what parts of my life I think might, you know, be helpful to other people. Um, mm. A long time, people didn't know that I had a child. And then people then knew that I had a child from following me. And then people didn't know who my child was. And then it got to a point where, you know, I then shared my daughter's Instagram. Because for a long time, I didn't want to share her Instagram. She had Instagram. Mm. But I was protective of her because I know what's yeah I got that and she was still quite young and I didn't know how she would be able to handle that kind of attention Mm. um and then you know when she got to a point where she felt more confident in herself and she was happy for me to share her Instagram I shared it and then she started growing her own following of people. Yeah, it's crazy because that's nepotism working positively because you even managed to help her like she's even She's even big in her own right. Like, you know, people... Yeah, first time I saw you two, I thought, oh, you well. two are sisters. <laughs> but you... <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot. We do that a lot. <laughs> like, no one ever thinks that... If you meet us in person, you wouldn't, like, straight away think that we're mother and daughter. You think we're friends or we're cousins or we're sisters or something like that. Um, I remember one time, actually, when she was in school and I went to go and pick her up. This is when she was, like, in primary school. And the teacher came out and saw me and, I, and she was like, oh, who are you here to pick up? And I said, Natanya. And then she was like, she popped with confidence, full on confidence with mm. her whole chest and vim. Natanya, your sister's here to get you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, oh, no, wow. I'm, I'm her mum. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, she didn't even try to ask or check that. She just knew that... Like, I'm her sister. That's that only it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Nigerian genes, yeah, man. That's tried. what it is. Hey, listen, black don't crack for real. Yeah, <laughs> no, the reason is the same. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... Um, I mean, so... Yeah, carry on, sorry. Yeah, no, I, like, she just got her... She started her own YouTube channel and, you know, she's got her own subscribers and her Instagram. She's got her own followers as well. Um, and I'm actually, I'm glad that she's able to create her own platform as well, because mm. I think, especially as black people, I think it's important to take advantage of nepotism. Like, it's, it's, right. I think it's okay to put your family and your children on, you know, because mm. everyone else that's non-black does it. Um, why is it that black people can't do the same? Why do Even to the point, like, even to the point, I feel like... I feel like within the black community, nepotism is almost viewed as bad. Like, I don't get why. Because like you said, every other skin colour is able to do it. You know, you see, you see um, successful white people be able to give their son a job at their own company and mm. put him on crazy salaries. Yeah. So, like, why, that's even something I'd want to do, be able to do for my child. I believe that, you know, this podcast will be massive one then. If, you know, I'd want to be able to give my own child the success that... Um, I would have enjoyed. I just it just doesn't make sense to me. But the fact you've been able to do that for your daughter is wonderful. Yeah, I think it's. Imp- it's I think it's important because it's not every day mm. struggle. It's not every day that you know but. our children must experience the same struggle we did. Like, mm. you know, like you want better for your children. If you're in a position to provide that, then mm-hmm. you're gonna do that. You know. It's a fact. Mm. Okay, so how do you? I guess my question is. How do you cope with all of the, I don't know, fame might be the wrong word, but like, it's, it's it must be a lot of pressure at times. Because I guess you've got to watch what you say, when you say it, um, 
everything's timed. You know, you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna drop a picture, I'm sure you know the social media tricks that if you're gonna drop a picture, make sure to drop it at six on a Sunday because that's when everyone's online. Like what's it dealing yeah. what's it like dealing with that pressure? You know what it's it's when you're when social media is your job, you do have to always like think about stuff like this, like what time to post your your mm. picture content and when's the best time when's your engagement good and all of this kind of stuff you can't just post like you know like normal people <laughs> like you can't just like <laughs> sometimes, like sometimes i just want to post like it's not every day calculating my yeah. post all the time like i don't want to think too deeply i actually envy people who don't have like a social media platform as such and mm. they just freely post whatever and whenever they like um, but it's kind of ingrained into me now. So I'm yeah. always kind of thinking about what I want to post next. And also in terms of aesthetics as well. So mm. if there's a certain aesthetics going on on my page or my feed. I know that I, I want to post this outfit next. I want to post this this um, look next or whatever. Mm. It's become part of me. So I don't know mm. if I could ever like not like just post anyhow anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah you just have to like you get used to just thinking in that way when it, when it comes to posting mm. um, and there can sometimes be pressure especially with the whole algorithm issue on Instagram and you're trying to like work around that so that you're still mm -hmm. engagement and obviously if you're working with brands and you know brands you need brands to contact you or you need to be able to reach out to brands in order for to get work and be paid and sponsored to create content you, you things like engagement is important to you yeah the brands are going to look at in order to be like yeah you're worth this much for us to create for you to create content for us um and mm. that's what you're going to use to pay your bills and feed your child and all of that kind of stuff so yeah social media is hard work i'm not going to lie like it's not easy otherwise everyone would have 100k um, followers and everyone would have you know do you know what but, i mean but mm -hmm. it's 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 work in itself um, but when you enjoy what you do, which is, I think even if I was a doctor or a scientist or I don't know, doing any other job, I think I would still mm. be posting on Instagram and posting outfits and stuff like that. I think I'll still be creating content on social media. Um, so okay. it's kind of part of me now. I've got a question. So for us, say smaller platforms, cause I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this who might not have, uh, platforms as big as you what would be your biggest advice um i think just keep creating keep creating content even mm. for me where you know if when the algorithms are a bit mad and you, you're not your followers aren't seeing your content and you sometimes feel like i'm putting in all this work to create this content all this time all this effort in you know taking pictures making videos editing um, and, do, and setting everything up and like there's a lot of different hats that you have to put on to create the content and then you mm. put it out and like your followers aren't seeing it or people aren't watching it and stuff like that it can be disheartening like to, to be completely honest you can feel like what's the point but mm. you have to keep going like, if this is something that you enjoy doing you just have to keep pushing through and keep going and keep going and keep going and then you might get that one piece of content or that one video that does blow up or that does get views or whatever and that mm. you know the momentum to keep going um but you can't like get too stuck on numbers otherwise honestly you will stress yourself out you know yeah. if you focus a lot on numbers and views and stuff like that sometimes it can be a bit too much and then you end up doing things for views and for likes as opposed to 
this is genuine content that you genuinely enjoy creating and mm. enjoy putting out. Um, yeah. And then it kind of defeats the purpose of what you initially set out to do in the first place. So yeah. it's trying to find that balance of creating content that you enjoy and that you like and that you know that your followers like, um, but also being aware of, you know, the content you are making and how that's engaging with your followers and how you want to continue to grow. But I found Instagram, even if you might not get the, the likes that you feel you deserve on a particular post, you just have to keep going, keep posting. Mm. Keep posting. Because once you stop posting, Instagram basically tells your followers that you don't exist <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to kind of push through and just make sure that what you're posting is what you like. So whether people like it or not, I like this picture. I like this piece of content and it's staying up and I'm putting it up. Mm. So whether you see it or not, maybe some point somebody will see it. Um, I personally like it. So I'm going to put it out there. So, yeah. Got you. That's perfect. All right. So uh, the next topic we want to discuss. I've got one question just before we'll go, through, man. go on to it. Um, who would you say, like, um, in your mood board, like, what would you say your your YouTubers are? Like, who do you inspire to be on YouTube? Like, I don't actually have anyone <laughs> like that. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. When I watch, because I, 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 for a long time, I didn't watch YouTube. I think I probably was quite late on YouTube. I know that some mm. people um, were have been watching YouTube. They've been watching all the OG YouTubers from ten years ago. Like they've, mm. all, they've always known about YouTube. And mm. I thought I was late to YouTube because I grew up even with Instagram. I grew up without social media. So I'm thirty five. Mm. So when social media came out is when I just finished, when Facebook started, I think I just finished secondary school when Facebook came out. Mm. So I had my whole teen years not, with no social media. So when like I left school and I started college and stuff and then Facebook started, I think that, that's the year, I can't remember properly, but when Facebook started, I, it took me ages to even have Facebook. And then by the time I discovered what Instagram was, like all of my friends and people that I knew, or most people were already on Instagram, already had 10K followers and stuff like that. Mm. Whereas mm. I didn't know what Instagram was. I just came onto Instagram to post outfits that I got from charity shops because I was really passionate about thrifting and look, um, cheap and cheerful shopping and looking good for mm. them. So I just decided to go on Instagram so I can post outfits of my you know, one pound top that I got from a charity shop or from a thrift store. And that's how my following grew because people were like, who's this girl coming on here telling us her top is one pound from Oxfam? <laughs> <laughs> like, who does yeah. that? But I, was, I didn't know, like, it was, I, I didn't think of it as anything. I'm just like, oh, here's a platform, I can post pictures. Let me post pictures on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was mainly like people that I knew that were following me. Um, so it kind of, I kind of grew from there, but I, I never really wasn't into social media like that. So by the time I started actually watching YouTube, even in my YouTube channel, I started, I started it not knowing anyone else on YouTube. I didn't watch yeah. it on YouTube. I just knew that YouTube was a platform where you can make videos and you can put it on there and then somehow people watch it. Um, so I started making videos of me going out shopping with £20 budget and seeing what outfits I can find for £20 or how much clothes I can buy for £20. And I just used to put it up on there, not knowing if anyone was going to see it. Like, I just did it, you know? So I wasn't watching anyone. And then gradually over 
the coming years, that's when I started discovering people like Patricia Bright, Jenny Jenkins, um, Shirley. Um, and I started seeing that. And I, I think it's even in hand in hand with Instagram, because, you know, there were people that already had a following, um, even Breeny Lee, um, like, you know, they all had a following. And I realized that, oh, they also have this platform on YouTube as well. And that's when I started watching YouTube and I was like, oh, there's these other black girls on YouTube that I can watch and they do makeup and they do hair and all this. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really kind of had like an aspiration to be like this person on YouTube because I never really, as I said, saw YouTube as like a career per se. But now that I do watch YouTube, I think now most of us, the only thing we watch is Netflix and YouTube <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I don't watch TV anymore. Um, um, I do have YouTubers that I do enjoy watching. People like Nella Rose, Adiola Patron, Patricia Bright. Mm. Uh, there's a lady called Aaliyah from the States, um, and some there's loads of other people that I watch as well. But I think for me, what I enjoy about those type of content creators is just their realness and just them being themselves. That I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and them just sharing their lives and um, their humor. Uh, their personality, their bubbliness. And these are all people that I can relate to because their personality is something that I like because that's how I am, bubbly. Mm. You know, just be myself. I'm not scared to laugh at myself. I'm not scared to be silly. I'm not scared to not take myself seriously. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I enjoy about watching those type of um, content creators. So I think if I was to say that I, like what I aspire to be is just to be myself, just be someone that makes content where I'm just being myself, showing who I am, um, not taking myself too seriously, having fun with it. And also just being able to share topics that I'm passionate about. Like, I know if you've seen some of my videos, I talk about celibacy a lot because that's something that I'm passionate about. I've been celibate for 15 years. Um, so I like to kind of share that side of me because that's a huge part of what I do and what I believe in as well. Um, and yeah. that's what I, I just, that's my goal to just be myself and create content that I think help with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I love that. So going on to the next topic, um, Amina, you're going to this place shortly after when we finished. Um, so oh. I wanted to discuss everyone's, <laughs> And I think most of us have all had an experience at the gym or go to the gym anyway. So I want to discuss our biggest gym pet peeves. Um, is it our, it our, is it our, gym, our gym X, yeah? Yeah, gym X, man. You know, the man them that are there and they're just taking time on the... It could be they're sitting on the instrument you want to use and they're just taking time. Uh, Yo, you must about nice. to get into it. I am. Do you, do you know, no, no, it's, it's crazy. Well... It's not a safe space because it's going to go out everywhere. <laughs> um, Nothing safe. Nah, so uh, just before, I would say October 2018, I would say I was probably at like, is it 2018? No, 2019, sorry. Yeah, so basically last year, October, like I just had an injury in the gym. So at that time, I couldn't really go back into the gym just yet. I had to relax and then. I had to deload and then go back and then gradually build up. But um, some of the things I saw in the gym, like I, like I hurt my back. So one of the things I wanted to work on was like my abs, my core. And then I'll see a brother. He would do one set. 
and then take 15 pictures of himself. Oh. And it's like, bro, uh, like, how many more sets you got? It's like, ah, uh, I've got three sets to do. It's like, bro, okay, cool. Can, can, can you at least hurry up? So then I go into another machine. I do whatever I need to do. And then I go into another mm-hmm. machine. I do cables and whatever. And he's still on his freaking second set. And I'm like, bro, Yo. you, you're, you're, you're really... Taking the piss. <laughs> you're you're testing my patience right now. now. Yeah. You're testing my patience. You're testing my patience. You can't go that far. Like, do you know what I'm saying? But it's just... Um, yeah, no, certain things, are just, it's just funny. It's just funny to see in the gym. Like, what, what are your experiences? Because I've just shared one. The one I hate there. the most. The one I hate the most, yeah, is when people decide to use two machines at once. So, for example, they'll have the squat rack. Yeah. So, I have the squat rack, and then they'll have, like, a bench in front of them. And you'd be like, hey, would I be able to, like, use a squat rack? They'd be like, no, nah, I'm using that. And like, no, that's fine. You go over to the bench, like, yeah, I'm using that too. It's like... Are you Superman? Why are you using? <laughs> why are you using both? It doesn't make any sense. At least dedicate your time to one, so that people. I never understood you. that as well. Like it makes no sense. Two machines at the same time. Like just do your set on this one and then do your like. Do you know what I mean? It makes no sense to me. You know, I feel like the villain here because I I'd be super setting. Oh, well, at least I was. Oh, get this guy out of here, boys. Who this man? Who this man? You are the one. <laughs> it is me. I am the one. Do you guys ever get those? Do you guys ever get those people who even want to like be your like give you advice or be like a PT for you? So you'll be oh doing your God. sets and they come up to you like, "Oh, big man, you're not doing that properly. This is how you." <laughs> and you're like, oh, here we go." Well, I get the, you know. I get the opposite of them asking me what I what they should do. Like I'm oh. the PT, and I'm just okay. like, oh, okay. I've had that a couple of times where like. Girls, not men. Girls would <laughs> be like, "Oh, so like, how do I use what you just used?" And I was like, "Okay, I'll like, try and talk them through it." Or they'll ask me, um, "Like, how how did I have I always looked like this?" Um, and I'd be like, "No, not really. I've, I've had a little bit of work done, but I do come to the <laughs> three times a week, and this this is what mm. I work on, kind of thing." But what is one of my pet peeves is actually like it goes with that. It's just people trying to have a conversation while you're at the oh, gym. Man. Oh man! <laughs> Listen, you <laughs> know what I mean. We've got enough friends. We love them. But if I see them at the gym, it's crazy. <laughs> 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 I'm, listen, I'm trying to do something on my ones, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you just come like. 15 minute conversation. It's like, bro, I'm on like second set. I've got two more. I'm going to draw them up, but I can't. I can't. Yeah, and you're not going to be rude as well, but I'm just like, when you're, because the thing is, when I enter the gym, I'm zoned out. Like, I don't mm. even know what time it is. I don't, sometimes I'll be in the gym for two hours and I didn't realize that two hours has gone by because I've got mm. my headphones in or my earphones and I'm completely zoned out. Zoned out. I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. So having someone come up to you and then they're trying to start a whole conversation, it's like... No, it's mad. Breaking up my vibe here. Like, I just need to do what I need to do. It's disrespectful, honestly. (laughs) Cole, Cole, you already know the friends. I know, I know. That's why I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And you get the guys that try to move to you as well at the gym. (laughs) Yo, that's... that's, There's a time and a place, man. Amen. I'm just like... I don't know. I'm in two minds. I'm just like don't like it's it's weird it's just weird because i'm like i'm working out and you have been looking at me thinking that 
you want to move to me. So I'm thinking, instead of you to be focusing on what you're doing, you've been watching me doing what I'm doing. So that's kind of like, mm, it's a bit, it's a bit, uh, I don't yeah, know. You, you know what it is, yeah? All right. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Iman's been that person for sure. No, listen, when it comes when it comes to the gym, I'm I'm also focused as well. Like I'm in full beast mode. Like if I'm doing something, I'm doing something. Do you know what I'm saying? But there is that 30 seconds um, rest period where you're just looking around. Do you get what I'm saying? So it might just be that and you just catch eyes. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I've got to shoot some bell. Like, I've got to shoot yeah. some bell. Because sometimes you just me be like, yo, like, you're doing Hi. good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're doing good, you know? Wow. That's also a pretty good weight. Like, yeah. As <laughs> well. And I said, that was weird as well. When the guy, I've left the gym and the guy followed me out of the gym. Like, he hasn't finished whatever he's doing. But he see me leave, and then he's followed me out of the gym. Ridiculous. There's no need for that. To talk to me. Especially, you know what? If you're at pure gym, you're taking the time to do that. Because then you've got to put the code back in and everything to go back to your machine. <laughs> you're a waste, man. <laughs> you, knew what, you knew what I was doing. My mum was trying to come to that. And you had to start thing as well. You had to start just... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't even be getting the code right in the first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's an idiot. Yeah, I, don't I hope know. you didn't get back in. Effort, but I don't know. Is this 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 whole gym environment for moving to girls? They, they, we need to find a way to. I just don't think it's such a weird place to move to girls. Yeah, it's probably the... very strange. And some people, some girls like it; they don't mind it. Some girls think it's a bit weird. So oh no! Like... If I was a girl, I think I'd hate it. But I think it's. I mean, because even like just for girls in general, just to being in the gym, I assume it's a bit can be slightly intimidating mm-hmm. at certain yeah. times. So yeah, for that to be an extra thing to think about. Yeah, You've got yeah, my like, arms looking at you. Guys watching you as you're like bending over and squatting and you might think, is this very, there's something very pervy about it? Because you're going yeah. there to work out and the guy's watching you and it's like, you're, I don't know, like, it's just really weird. It's a very uncomfortable feeling to have a guy looking at you while mm. you're trying to work out. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I guess like female only gyms do make sense. Like, I didn't get it because there was one in Canterbury when we went to uni and I didn't get it. So I asked a friend, like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And they explained it to me. I was like, okay, you know what? I immediately got it. And I was like, all right, cool. I see what you man are on. Do your, do your thing. <laughs> Ladies, squat in peace. I, I understand, yeah, that men are men, innit? Men are visual mm. features, but it's the length of time that you're staring. So you can go to the gym and see a girl that you think is attractive. You can look, obviously, oh. your eyes, sometimes your eyes will... Hey, Amina's giving us the, the how to pattern up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not that guy then. I'm not that guy. Like, I was trying yeah, to shoot yeah, them some bell, but I'm definitely not that guy. Yeah, like, you, I'll see you. I was yeah, like, yeah, cool, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, but not like staring, like, and you mm. can feel the end, you can feel the eyeballs on you, like, you can feel the yeah. end of the Yo, she said, I'm praying I don't do this. Going on his head. I'm just like, no, like, don't you need to, like, there's a way of doing it mm. that mm. makes the other person uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? So, do you know what also annoys me? I don't know if you might get this or you get this, I mean, but um, when they ask if they can jump in, like, nah, I'm doing my set. Say you, <laughs> you say, oh, I've got three more left, and they're like, oh, can I jump in with oh, you? Oh, yeah, 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 I've had that before, and I'm like, I'm almost no. done, mate. Come on. No, I'm like, really <laughs> it's, even, it's even worse when they did it wrong. Yeah, and it's like, why am I taking turns with a complete or stranger? Not I have done it once, though, because I felt bad. 
and I did, and it was quite busy. So I did like, like take turns with this other guy. I think um, if the gym's busy, it's fine. But if it's quiet, no. Or do you know what annoys me more about it is the fact, say they're not as strong as you or you're not as strong as them and they're just bare changing the weights. It's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. And then you have, to put, you have to put more racks on or you have to take the racks off when it's your turn. We've not saved time here. If anything, yeah, yeah. we've wasted it. It's true, it's true. It's better to just wait for the person to be done and then... Mm. No, it's just, it's ridiculous. The gym is a, is a very weird place, yet we still continue to go. For sure. Because you've got to get them games. you got to get them done. You've got to make games for body. <laughs> <laughs> that iron. But no, it's, have, it's, you had, um, have you had, like, old people come and try and give you wisdom? I used to have that. In what sense? <laughs> they just come and talk to you like, yeah, man. Like I used to be big as well. This, this, and that. Like, yeah, I definitely. Like, if that. if you really want to get big, this is what you should do. You know, do a couple more sets. Yeah, do that's a, a fact. Sets. Oh my god, I'm trying to get out of here, man. <laughs> Love Island's on. <laughs> that one's there. Um, all right. So, um, next topic uh, is motherhood. But I guess the reason I want to ask is because. All three of us, uh, the boys in the conversation at the moment, are 25. So I thought it would be an interesting time to discuss how we'd also approach fatherhood whilst also speaking to Amina about how she's approached motherhood. Um, so, yeah, someone take the floor. Collins, I'm actually interested to see what your, you'd be like as a dad. I was thinking this the other day. Why me? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Why you, you tra- you're trying to make the block hot. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, um, I, was just, I was just thinking about it. Nah, it's a good question. The way I see it, I think you got to look at obviously the things that your parents have done, but also kind of look at the things that did good, the things that did bad, and also what you've learned along the way. So I think there are certain things I definitely will take from my parents, but then there's also mm. things I'm definitely, definitely not going to do. But overall, I just do think, like, as a general view of it, it's just good to have like dialogue. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's actually being able to speak to your to your kid and that's a fact. Not, not necessarily treat them like they're your friend, but just making sure your presence is felt. Because if your presence is not felt, they're gonna search for that vindication somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. So that's something I think is probably something I'm definitely gonna try to implement. Because you know you don't want your kid feeling like they don't have a have a dad. Because that happens so much, especially you know in our cultures and stuff like that. You don't want to mm. create the same mistakes that your the the generation before you have created so that's all, that's the way i look at it at the moment obviously i'm not I'm not there yet but you know when the time comes i'm i'm sure i'll be able to big two five it's, it's things you've got to start thinking about yeah yeah that's a fact that's a fact yeah. no but that's actually so, so cool that you said that because when i had my daughter that's literally like one of the main things that i was very adamant about in terms of being able to be a mum that my daughter can tell me anything um, yeah. You know, I grew up in a Nigerian household. My mum was working a lot. And a lot of the times I was at home by myself, gallivanting, playing out with my cousins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mum wasn't very, my mum wasn't very like uh, open in terms of, you know, me being able to talk to her about stuff, um, especially things like sex and stuff like that. Although she was quite comfortable with me having a boyfriend um, until I got pregnant. Um, <laughs> Um, we never had that sex conversation. I think the first time we spoke about sex, she just, this is after she, she already knew I had a boyfriend, which is my daughter's dad. And um, 
I was in the kitchen just putting like loading the washing machine or something like that and she just walked in and she was like you better not be having any sex and I was like like, uh no and then that was it that was a conversation meanwhile I already lost my virginity at that point you know what I mean so yeah yeah that was the conversation about sex between me and my mum that was it so I when I had my daughter I was very much like okay I, yes, I grew up knowing, I knew my mum loved me and everything like that. And she was very much hardworking. Um, but I didn't get that emotional relationship from her the way that I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my daughter, I always wanted to encourage her to be able to talk to me about stuff and have that connection. Even before she was even able to like put sentences together. When, when I used to pick her mm-hmm. up, up from nursery and... Um, she would just be like, you know how babies will just be like little toddlers, just be babbling on about stuff. And I'll mm. ask her like, how was your day at nursery? She, I don't know what the hell she's talking about, but I'll just let her just <laughs> Just talk to her. <laughs> in her little baby language and just trying, her trying to put sentences together. But I'll just let her talk. So I kind mm. of continued that as she was, you know, going to, you know, primary school or secondary school. And now she's in sixth form. And she now, like, she's always been quite chatty anyway. She's a very chatty kind of girl. So she would just naturally just tell me stuff. Like, she would just, like, oh, mum. When she comes in from school, or she, even if she doesn't have school and it's a weekend and she's gone out with her friends, when she comes in, she's like, oh, mum, so this is what happened, yeah? Da, 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 da. Like, she's already ready to tell me whatever it is that she wants to tell me without me really having to ask her. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's so, so important because you know, as much as she might have her friends and her peers to talk to about certain things, she feels, she's at a point where she feels like, okay, I can talk to my friends about this, but I really wanted to know what my mum's got to say about it. I really want to like get my mum's thoughts on this as well. And that's what I I do love that about our relationship and how she views me as her mum, that regardless of, you know, if she Googles something that she's like, you know, not sure of or, you know, it could be small things like, you know, her wanting to buy a top and she's or a product and she's read the reviews online and then she's asked her yeah. friends. She'll still come and ask me that, oh, mum, what do you think about this? Do you know what I mean? There's just the yeah. little things that relate into bigger, serious things <clears throat> comes to more of the awkward conversations as well. So, yeah, I think that's super, super important. Just important to have a dialogue with them, really, isn't it? Or at yeah. least, you know, be able to speak to them. Um, Iman, what about you? How do you think you're going to approach fatherhood? Um, well, what's what's been going on for the past, I would say for like mainly half of this year, um, mm. my dad would get a group of his friends um, and we'll just have like a men, regular meeting. And these are like sort of certain topics that we'll be talking about, like fatherhood, marriage, um, growing up with your kids, how to raise your, like, just normal conversations, but just for the men. Mm. So, um, from, from, like, my dad's response about, like, the way I would answer questions, he's very positive on how I would raise up kids. Um, but then again, like, it's, it's, it's uncharted territory for me. It's uncharted, so, yeah. It's not um, something you can ever prepare yourself for, really, is it? It's not, no, you definitely have an idea. So, for example, what Collins has said, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, there are some mm. things I'll definitely implement and there's some things I definitely will not. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, but uh, 
you know, I'll probably be a cool dad. Um, no, I mean, there's there's certain information I'm e- I'm even looking at, like when they're speaking about like certain figures in the hip hop industry, especially when they're speaking about fatherhood. Some of them are just saying like, yeah, like when he's my child, when he's in my house, he's my best mate, you know. But the moment he leaves my house, he's got to leave my house and become his own man. So mm. I have to take that into perspective because, of course, you're raising up children you know, to the best that you can, but more importantly, you're risen up to go into the world to be their own. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, so mm. for the women, you have to raise them up to make sure that they can take care of themselves. Um, the men, they can definitely take care of themselves and they can take care, you know, of other responsibilities. So such as if they were to go on and have family. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So those things will have to be in the very foundation in the very beginning, like installing mm. my kids. No, I hear that. Well, that's, yeah, that sounds like the best way to go about it, really. It's, it's yeah. I guess, because it's un, like Iman said, it is uncharted territory. You can, and you can prepare yourself all you want, but when that you is there, it's like, what do you actually do with it? When that's that you is there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's your child. <laughs> I don't know how to, how, I don't know how to carry it. Am I just carrying it like by his shoulder? <laughs> I'm carrying it like a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Over the head. <laughs> <laughs> you like to my wife, is this right? I think it's right. You're, you're silly. <laughs> you know, it's so funny though, because sometimes you like, you, we, we tend to think, okay, there's certain things that I'm going to do or I'm not going to do because this person done that and, you know, my parent did this and I'm definitely not going to do that. But even me sometimes, Seth, like sometimes I see my mum in me and I, there's certain mm. things that my mum did and I would do it to my daughter and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my mum. <laughs> But then, although the thing is, when you was younger, you think, nah, definitely not going to do that because uh, I'm not doing that. But then when you're actually the parent and you're dealing with a situation and you're like, okay, like, this is what I'm going to do. You you do tend to sometimes do things that your parents did because when they did it, you you didn't understand Mm. why they were being like that, but it kind of worked. Mm. And then now that you're in their shoes, you're like, no, actually, I'm going to do that because I know that it actually works. Do you know what I mean? Facts, like, obviously, not everything, yeah. not like the toxic stuff or anything like that, but there is certain like tricks that our parents did have that actually we might not like subconsciously know that it worked. But oh, it's it even, I think the older you get as well, you notice things that, like, oh, that it might have been jarring at the time, like, oh, I just want to go out and be with my friends and. They'll give yeah. you a curfew and be like, oh, please be yeah. back by 11. And yeah. I'm a big man. I can handle myself at 16. <laughs> but you, now you know why they were like, you can yeah. see, oh, it's kind of scary to be like, yo, he's out past 11 on his own or with his yeah. friends. Like, you don't really know what they're getting up to. Uh, you don't, like, it's late X, Y, and Z. And I think we start to realise that, okay, I see where they were coming from. Like, they weren't just trying to be jarring for jarring sake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually trying to protect you at the same mm. time. Or when they tell you not to like hang around certain friends or certain people, mm. stuff like that. Like I find you myself not being bad gang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What gang is good? <laughs> when my daughter started secondary school, I was very much like that parent that was like, okay, you have to be careful with the friends that you pick and the friends that you mm. go with, and the kind of energy that they're giving off and their attitude towards schooling and education, like. You have to take these things on board because you can't just like allow. It's a very slippery slope. Guide you in the wrong direction. It's actually a very mm. real thing. So, yeah, some some things that our parents did were for our protection, even though we didn't realize. 
that was the case at the time. You kind of mm. just felt you're trying to stop my fun. But no, have you had that it. moment? <clears throat> sorry, have you had that moment where um, you told your daughter when I was your age? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I've I definitely have had that moment. There was, I think, because like, for I, I don't know if I was like coddling her or like being a little bit too overprotective over her or just a little bit like weary about her going out um, with her friends or going certain certain places or doing certain things but I would I would kind of I think it was kind of me correcting myself because I would say to mm. her like when I was seven my mum was sending me to Sainsbury's to go do the food shop for the house at seven years mm. old I'll get on the bus and this is in Hackney okay this is Hackney back in the day not Hackney now that's gentrified yeah <laughs> crazy the ghetto mm. uh, back in the day I would be able to like get on the bus as a seven eight nine year old go do the shopping for the house and come back with no problems. But it's not the same now. Mm. Like, I can't send a seven-year-old to the shops, like, just anyhow nowadays mm. because there's so much madness going on right now. Um, so when my daughter, as my daughter was getting older and she wanted to, like, you know, go out with her friends or do this or do that, I was very, like, like, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm scared. Like, let's not do that just yet. Like, calm down, where you went, like, that's too soon. I'm not ready for that part of your growing up yet. So mm. I kind of had to like, you know, calm down and kind of release the reins a little bit because you don't want to overdo it to the point where they have no street smarts at all. That's a fact. You know? Yeah. That balance of, okay, you can't protect them too much because then when something does happen in the street, they don't know how to handle themselves or they don't yeah. have a quick enough reaction to know what to do. So mm. I've had to like, get to a point where I'm just like okay you know what I have to let her go out there and you know experience what she needs to experience and also teach her the tools to know how to you know look after herself at the same time as opposed mm. to just locking her in the house forever you know mm. I get that I think that's the best approach to it really I think everyone said very interesting things on how they will approach it um it's just, yeah, again, it's just uncharted territory, but I think it's fair to say you've done a very good job um, oh, in raising you. your daughter. So, yeah. But it's it's just interesting to get someone else's opinion because I don't think, I think this is the first time we've had someone who is a parent on the show. So it was just something I wanted to speak about and especially because, you know, it's no secret, we're getting older. Um, you even go, every time I go on Facebook, I feel like someone else has had a kid. That's like, a literally, fact. I put in the group chat, can't believe this guy's had a kid. He was a nutter in school. But he's now a dad. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I think it's just, it's, it's, guys, it's really important to be, like what um, Colin said initially, to be present um, mm. and make that a priority to be present in your child's life, whether you're going to Especially have in our culture as well, because oh, I yeah. feel like a lot of dads feel like well you know i put food on the table i put clothes on your back what else yeah. what more do you need mm. i think that's a, that's why although i i'm a single parent i'm not with my daughter's dad we've not been together since she was two years old and she's 17 now but mm. she has a great relationship with her dad regardless like they're really close they literally speak to each other on the phone every day and mm. spends a lot of time with her dad especially on the weekends when she's not at school um so her dad has been able to still be present even though mm. he's not me in the relationship 
but he's still doing what he needs to do as her yeah, dad. Yeah, you can't put a price on that. His presence is known in her life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I thank God for that, you know, and that it's also uh, helped her to remain very level-headed in her growing up as well, where she doesn't feel like she needs attention from boys. Like mm-hmm. she's not really, where her, like a lot of her peers are like, you know, hungry for boys' attention and they're, you know, doing this and doing all sorts to try and like, you know, get like being that kind of vibe. Like she's very mm. back on stuff like that. She's really, not really like a point of interest to her. She's very much mm. on her education, her career, what she wants to do with her life and stuff like that. Her mindset is different. And I definitely wasn't like that at her age. You know what I mean? Like, although, mm. you know, I, her dad was my first boyfriend at 16, 17. Um, and all of my friends already been had boyfriends some already had babies already um I wasn't my mindset was not like me thinking about my future my mindset was oh what am I doing tomorrow or like you know, mm. am I playing out tomorrow with friends you know what I mean whereas yeah. she and I think a lot of children in this generation are, are very like focused on their future because they've got all this um all these um examples around them and all these all this technology and um, things available to them that are kind of pushing them to want to think about their future and what they want to do with their lives and stuff like that so she's very much that kind of mindset and her and I think her I believe that her relationship with her dad has helped her to be grounded in that sense where she knows that mm. you know this is how you know she can learn from her dad there's things that as much as I can be a great mum to her I genuinely believe that there's certain things that I can't teach her because I'm a woman yeah. Yeah. and I can't show her because I'm a woman. Whereas her dad and his presence in her, in her life is teaching her and showing her those things. I might mm. not understand it and I might not see it personally, but between her and him, I know that she's learning and she's gaining from their relationship and no one can like, no one can, you know, replace that. I can't, replace that mm. as her mother. there's things that she'll yeah. learn from me because i'm a woman and she's a woman but there's things that she will learn and understand from her relationship with her dad because he's a man and, mm. that's, and there's nothing i can i can't re, i can't take that position yeah really no that makes sense very well said as well i might have to add um so fourth topic um i guess this is the slot where we say for just to discuss what's going on in the world or something that's going on. I mean, there's so many things we could have picked, but I think with three of us in the conversation being from Nigeria and then Emmanuel also being from the continent, I think it's just important that I guess we all get our feelings out on what's going on back home and what else is going on on the continent. I mean, I'll start, I just feel it's really, I think it's interesting. It's really tough to watch what's going on and feel like because you're in the, because um, you're in the UK, it's hard to feel like you can do anything, but you can see that it's so terrible. And I've never seen Nigeria be that bad. You hear stories and stuff like that, but I've never heard about it being that bad or the government moving like this, that this is ridiculous. People went out to peacefully protest and they were shot at for doing, you know, just fighting for basic, like what we've all been doing this year to fight against police brutality. It's just crazy to me that this is something that's going on. Yeah, it's actually so mad. I'm not even like someone that, I don't know, I think a lot of people might relate in the sense that although I'm Nigerian, I wouldn't say that I'm heavily cultured in mm. my Nigerian 
Nigerian culture because I, although I was born in Nigeria, my mum came to the country when I was about four or five years old. So mm. I spent most of my life basically in the UK. So mm. I'm not that connected in terms of, you know, my Nigerian heritage and the culture and the politics back there. But with this whole NSAR situation, it really opened my eyes to mm. life is really like in Nigeria for a lot of young people, which I didn't have a clue about. I think mm. when I've, the most I've heard about Nigeria and what Nigeria is like is from my cousins that go there every December to get lit. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They go yeah. there, <laughs> you know, they go there for Christmas to party, to enjoy themselves. And I've heard stories of how lit it is back then. And, I've, and that's what's kind of like been my motivation. Oh, I need to go. Like I haven't been, other than seeing, being able to see my family members that are there, my grandma who practically raised me before my mum came to the UK. Like I've not seen her in all these years because I've not been back. So mm. I've always, in, my back, in the back of my head, I'm always like every year, like I'm always like thinking, oh, I need to go back. I need to go back. I want to see my grandma. I want to spend time with my cousins who are like having this lit time in during Christmas over there. Mm. I don't, although like they might hear stories of, oh, you know, there's kidnappers or people trying you know, get money from you because you're foreign. Yeah, okay, that's understandable. Things like that happen in places like Jamaica as well, when they know that they can mm. smell that you're from abroad and they try and like put their prices up for certain things to get more money or whatever. They're, mm. they're hustling or whatever. But um, I never saw it to the extent of what we've seen, where, you know, they're actually killing young people, robbing them, yeah. doing kinds of madness on a day-to-day basis, like it's normal. Mm. And that's I'd, actually so wild to me. Mm. I'd, I'd not, I didn't even know this was uh, taking place over there. And it was just crazy to me that this was something that was happening and people were being punished and abused for, you know, just being young, basically. Especially when you consider, I think, over a large majority of... Um, Nigeria's population is young people. It's got like the highest young population in the world. I think something ridiculous like fifty percent of Nigeria's population is sixteen. So, what, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? You're gonna punish all of them? It's just mm-hmm. it's ridiculous to think how they're behaving. I think it's just important that we in the UK who are from Nigeria have these conversations, or even just from the continent as well, um, just have these conversations and actually highlight you know what's going on and educate people use it as a chance to educate people on what's going on because obviously congo is going through their own madness as well like it seems like a crazy time on the continent at the moment and it's just there's not something you can even think would have been going on because it wasn't highlighted like it was i didn't even know this sars existed until you know the protests started same yeah it's a good thing that they're protesting against against it Cole, how do you feel about it um, I don't know about you two, but even Iman as well, like you'd hear stories, I guess, maybe from Nigeria, Tanzania, like let's say there's the police force and they don't necessarily have free reign. So for example, you'll be driving and then you'll get stopped at a border and then a policeman will approach and be like, hey, could I hold 20 naira, 30 naira? And it's just like yeah. embedded in the culture to just be able to do that type of stuff. But then I'd hear stories like that and think oh, nothing of it. My dad used to tell me that as well. But obviously to this extent, where they're actually, you know, killing people, exploiting people, taking people to cash points, taking their, their like, their um, belongings, 
And I think there was a story about them like disposing bodies in a certain place. The police would actually round up the people that they killed and dispose them. Like some of the stories I've heard the past week has been insane. And to me, I just think it's hard because like you said, we're not there. And like, I mean, uh, obviously I don't necessarily have the same connection I do back home as, as I would like, to be honest, because I was born here, raised here. So I, they're part of my Nigerian culture, which as I got older, I began to like appreciate more. But now mm. this week has really made me realize like, wow, now we literally have to just try to do something because at the end of the day, like we do live here, but it, this isn't our home. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And yeah. you know, people are seeing it around the world. People are trying to revolt and rebel. And one thing I did want to ask you guys and just be curious about is like, so obviously back, let's say if this happened 10 years ago, we wouldn't actually see the extent of what's going on because the president yes, has come out and said, oh, nothing has actually happened. But through the, power of social, through the power of social media, you know, we're actually seeing clips, we're seeing people frontline with IG yeah. Live and stuff. Mm. Where do you guys think the line has to be drawn as far as, you know, sharing on social media? Because obviously some of it's explicit. You don't want to see that type of stuff on your feed. Mm. But it's powerful. It's I mean, as well, you know. Some, some of the things, like, for example, the stuff that's happening in Congo, is things that's going on in, in Namibia, um, I have seen, do you get what I'm saying? Things that are happening in Kenya, especially with the Chinese, I have seen, like, I'm, I'm looking at that stuff. I'm very much up to date. The only thing I wasn't really up to date with was with uh, NSARs. Like, mm. that, to me, to me, it was a shock because the way I see Nigeria as a Tanzanian, is is a completely different scale um having a very large populace being the young people very much educated very well educated you know mm. there's there's a difference between have being educated and being very well educated like a lot of nigerians especially with the the uh nigerian uh diaspora as well like right. a lot of the individuals are educated you know what i'm saying Mm. And I was watching one video uh, with um, Patrick David. He's on Valuetainment. And he was talking about um, in the United States, how like um, specifically Nigerians in the United States, the majority of them are middle class or the last remnant of, of middle class. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So in my eyes, it was just like, what the hell is going on? And why are these people doing such, such madness? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary times. It's scary times because right. it's like, if Nigeria is to continue at the pace that they're going, without, without SARS, without the special um, anti-robbery unit, um, if they were to go at the rate they were going, they could become possibly the new China. But then now something like this happens where people take advantage of that and then they go and exploit their own people and they go and kill their own people. It makes me just, it's disgusting to see, do you get what I'm saying? So, mm. um, like I'm, I'm aware of everything that's happening on the continent currently at the moment, just because I see a completely different vision for the continent and yeah. the way it's going that's and the way it's for. moving. So then when SARS happens, it's like, I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised at the level of madness is going on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know there's police brutality. I know that pe police, they take matters into their own hands. Do you know what I'm saying? I just didn't know they could just go and shoot up a man and then just walk away and be free. 
And this is not like in the United States where they, where they pull you over and they do this, this, that, and then lie on the statement. These guys are literally mm. just going, shooting up a man. Mm. And it's just like, it's really, it's, it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's heavy on the heart. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the case. I mean, it makes you like, because it's all over social media. So you go on Twitter, you open it, it's like, it can be quite hard to take, but you have to educate yourself and keep up to date with it. Like, you know, there's people who are out there, you know, fighting a good fight. It's just crazy. I think for me, the hardest thing is to see the politicians just be like, well, only one person died at the protest. But my guy, we've seen... <laughs> that we've was seen, so mad. I was just like, he deny what's happening. He's like, okay, so were we watching Nollywood? Like, I don't understand. Mm. Were, Instagram oh well, are all these videos Nollywood? Because how can you just bold face lie like that at a press conference? One person died. Did you see the video of the one of the um, army generals saying that um, the videos were photoshopped? Yeah, I heard about that yeah, as well. He's bugging. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? It's disgraceful. Like, he must, they must think that we're all dumb. Like, they must think that all young I people... I think they do. Dumb. That's the problem. It's not that nice. Yeah, especially at a rate where, like... Especially at a rate where, as I said, I see Africa as a continent. At this current moment, we're in the very beginning, the very beginning stages of just economically becoming superpowers. Do you get what I'm saying? Not just mm. one nation becoming a superpower, many nations becoming superpowers. And then it just brings back that sort of situation of like, oh yeah, your country's corrupt. Mm. And we see what's going on. Like there's first-hand information. Nothing is being skewed or nothing. Like, and mm. then politician will come around and say, hey, listen, it's mad, but it is what it is. We've got to continue. Yeah, it is what it is. It's just like no. Yo, Bahari's the hell, man. Man said we move. Mm. He basically said, "Everyone, mind your business, okay? You lot that protesting, <laughs> you lot that protesting, go and sit down, okay? Like, literally, just so nonchalant about everything and not even bringing up the Lecky massacre and what happened and." Like not even addressing it <clears throat> as if it didn't exist. These are the uncles that if we was at a party, I'd be dobelling and say, uh, hello, uncle, how are you? No, yeah. you my respect, man. They had, they had to chop. They had to chop, man. <laughs> That's it. Like once they get into once they get into the you know positions of power, it's like they, they take, but they take more than they, they can get. So mm. they can feed their families, but do multiple versions of that. I think I read something about their salaries and how much money they make being yeah. the highest paid politicians compared. in the world or something. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, uncle told me in church and I was like, wow. It's clearly a problem. In it's like, country, man. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong on the figures, but I know it's five figures a month. That's, a month? That's, that's insane, man. It's five figures a month. I don't think even Boris That I'm does, sure man. of. That I'm very much sure of. It's, it's, five, it's five figures a month and then like, um, I'm not sure on the particular number. I just know it's a lot of money. Between, between they 30... They haven't sold that the electricity in the country. Like, yeah, I can't believe that's like, What have you done? Like, all these men, I saw a picture of all of them, all of them standing together. Mm. And I think I saw it on Twitter and, and someone wrote, like, this is the squad that hasn't managed to provide electricity in 60 years. It's a disgrace. Yeah, I, I can't believe Nigeria still has issues with electricity. Like, it's, it's such a... I don't want to say it's a simple thing to provide, but it's a basic... At this point in human history it's now just a basic necessity it's 2020 and nigeria still doesn't have proper electricity like mm. when you deep it it's embarrassing you know mm. it's actually many, they used Whereas to make the jokes about nepa countries, mm-hmm. our neighboring countries like 
are they having all these lights out things every day or whatever like i don't understand like what like how can how can a government continue to govern a nation and not see that this is an issue like basic mm. electricity is not being provided to the people of the country meanwhile you're sitting on what salary every month and you at least think they'd be competent there's deep there's deep rooted issues there man there really is 100 100 percent it's just we just pray for the people uh well we are the people in nigeria but we just pray for everyone that's actually at home um in Congo and Namibia, all of these countries which are struggling at the moment or having their own issues, we just, you know, wish them the best and hopefully this comes to some sort of end um, which the people can be happy about because this is ridiculous. You can't be shooting up your own people for peacefully protesting. They weren't doing anything and then, you know, you've just gone and done that and then you have the, the guts to go on and on TV and lie. It's ridiculous. So hopefully this comes to some sort of end and I hope they keep fighting the good fight. Um, I guess final topic for today and a bit on, on a bit of a lighter note. Um I mean, you know, we just wanted to I just wanted to speak to you because it's no secret that I think sometimes man and them can't take the best pictures. Um yeah. just with angles all off, uh lighting not correct. Um that joke that men don't know how handsome they'd look in pictures if they just did the simple thing. So what are some tips you can give to us because there's no secret you look great on the gram um Thank you. <laughs> so yeah you know men don't know how to take pictures that's it <laughs> <laughs> well what are we doing wrong what's what's what's, what's the problem <laughs> any, any girl yeah any girl that is on or has ever tried or been on a dating app will know that men are absolutely trash at taking pictures, okay? Yo, you know what? I'm going to get Amina to sort me out then because this is probably where I'm having no luck. I'm out, I'm out of talking stages. Like, you see a guy, yeah, and in the picture, you're like, what's this? Like, what's going on? <laughs> when you meet them in person, you're like, oh, yeah, like, what was going on with the picture that you, that you said or whatever? I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like men do the opposite of what women do in terms of catfishing. So, like, men look better in person than in their pictures, whereas maybe... Yeah, that's, that's the game. Keep the expectations low. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's just going to be... And then next thing you're looking at a six-foot guy, you're like, yo, what are you saying? How you doing? <laughs> let, let, let me... Sometimes you can be catfish, but, you know, it's okay. It's like sometimes you look better in person as well. I'm just saying. I love that's it. true. Um, but I think sometimes you just probably might not be photogenic. And you just look better. Mm. In I don't Yo. think I'm photogenic personally. I don't think <laughs> That's I'm. That's I don't think I'm videogenic. I think I look better in person, to be honest. But I think with men taking pictures, you have to know your angles. Learn from us women, right? Mm. You have to know your angles. When you see girls, yeah, on Instagram stories or Snapchat, and they're doing a video and they're like moving their heads like this or doing that, and you like, want you like wondering mm. what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Yeah, but you have to understand that I'm really not on that. Like, I'm not on doing this, Yo, all this stuff, right? Like, 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 what's going on, everyone? Like, Yo, what's happening? Yo, foot up and ting. Like, I'm not on that. I'm not really on that. No, no, you don't have to actually post the video, but, like, do it to try and see what your best angle is. Because 
or they'll post the most um weird pictures in the most weird like positions i'm just like no this is not cute like what are you doing but yeah you have to you have to know your angles and you have to know like your setup your environment around you and just mm. like you know like just think about the picture before you take it you know the mise-en-scene <laughs> you can't have dirty dishes in the background you know what i'm saying that makes no sense <laughs> Like, because how many times do you take a picture till you've got the perfect one? Uh, I know you're not holding the camera sometimes, so what are you just doing the timer? <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Homeboy in the back, like, can I go home, please? <laughs> no, okay, so most of my pictures, yeah, when I especially when I started first, like Instagram and I was posting my outfits. Obviously, when you have a child, that's what they're useful for, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> you hold this camera. <laughs> hold this camera. My daughter's been they're taking. Jobless, isn't it? They have to do something. Yeah, you need to pay your way around here, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, my daughter used to take my pictures from when she was like nine years old. She started taking my pictures, and um, so I had her to help me. And then I, I sometimes when she's not around or if I'm with anyone, like my friends or whoever, I can ask them. I've had moments where I've asked complete strangers on the street to help me Jeez. take a picture as well. Yeah. And then, um, and then there's self-timer where you just like, you know, put your phone in self-timer and then you try and take a picture for yourself. Um, mm. But I, like I said, because I don't think I'm photogenic specifically, I feel like I have to take multiple pictures to get the one that I actually like. So as long as there's one, that I like, I'm good, but it does mm. take a few, you know, rounds for me to take the picture. Like I'm not, I, I envy girls that can just take a picture and it, and it looks amazing, just one picture and they're good to go. Whereas me, I feel like I have to like take loads to kind mm. of- Or is it maybe like you just, you have to take loads until you find the one that you're happy with. Like maybe the first one was fine, but you're yeah, like, no. No, I like options. I like having options. Ah, okay. So, she's on it, she's NSG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Mama, you're not gonna back me up. That was a good joke. She she <laughs> la- she's laughing to be nice. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, you're <laughs> none of the worst. I laugh. I laugh. It's fine. It's fine. I laugh at things anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't take much to laugh. So yeah, I definitely like taking you just so I have options to pick from. Yeah, you guys need well, to start practicing. Start, you know. Practicing. Well, yeah, definitely. We will. T- we'll definitely take those tips into consideration. No, I'm start practicing. I, I, I can't see myself being all up in the camera like, yo. <laughs> wait. But you know, even if someone's taking a picture for you, you gotta get someone that's actually committed to the cause. Facts. You gotta be careful. Like the people, the person you ask to take pictures, they have to like be able to direct you and know. Mm. They've got to have the eye as well to be able to see. Okay, this is gonna work. Yeah. Work and kind of direct you in the picture as well. And and Mm. also like what as they're taking the picture, you know, so you can Mm. like keep going. It's very interesting you say that because I've just come from holiday. Um, we went to Portugal and uh amar is he's one of our close friends um he's actually really good at taking pictures but my god our friend jay is just terrible it's like his thumbs in it um he's like, move over here and you're not in shot it's just it's interesting that you bring that up and it's important to have someone who actually can take good pictures of you and actually knows what's uh the best angles for you 
Yeah, and they actually want you to get the right picture because you don't want to. That's it. Yeah, some people want to see your downfall. Yeah, or they're doing it reluctantly, like their heart's not in it. So their heart needs to be in it. Like, yeah, I want to like help you get a good picture, not just take the picture and don't even care whether your hair is sticking up or your pool is showing or whatever. Like, I think yes. So yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Um, you've been so much fun today. So we really enjoyed having you on. Um, Amina, this is your chance to tell the people where they can find you online. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. I've enjoyed. This is fun. Um, yeah, my handle on Instagram is underscore this is Amina. And Amina is spelled A-M-I-N-A. Um, and it's the same for Twitter. YouTube, this is Amina as well. Yeah. perfect um yeah that's it's been so great like share subscribe all that jazz we Lovely. recently started saying that so um, <laughs> um hey, girl, make sure you like have to, have to. we weren't doing it before Trafford. amazing is that right amazing Trafford podcast main Trafford. Mm-hmm. yes that's a big promo <laughs> why do you keep doing that don't know <laughs> <laughs> hit the like subscribe the bell all of that jazz what, uh, what they all say um, but again thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure appreciate you thank you very much but, cool you can hit I'm record Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.